Let's pray together. Father, we're just thankful for your love and your word. God, thank you for our church family, God, their faithfulness. And Father, the, I just pray, God, for every family during this difficult time that, Lord, those that are not able to connect online, I pray, God, that somehow, Lord, that you'll be able to communicate your love to them and let them know that they're not alone. Father, I pray that those that are watching today will reach out and and just encourage and strengthen and God speak into the lives of others, Lord, so we can all know that uh, you're alive and well and that you're in control. And we give you praise for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So let me get adjusted here just a little bit. I, I need to get a little bit comfortable. Not too comfortable, but a little comfortable. Okay. So a uh, couple of announcements. One, uh, one is, because I, since there's no praise and worship, I'm going to be going directly into the message. So, but before I do that, I want to make a couple of announcements to you. Uh, we've checked with the Jackson County Sheriff's Department. I've been on the phone with them and talking to them. And also uh, with the, I've, I've got a call into the health department. They're going to uh, be connecting back with me. But as it is right now, we will have a drive-in Easter service. Uh, what I mean by that is we're going to park you as you come into the church parking lot. So we'll be set up at the very front of the church outside, weather permitting, and uh, we'll be doing praise and worship out there, and I'll be preaching outside. And we're going to park you so you're facing the church. So please work with all the ushers, uh, as they attempt to park you, we've got a plan for this, so please don't pull in and just park any place. Let them get you positioned. You can bring popcorn if you want to. Uh, you just can't get out of the car, okay? Service will last about an hour. Uh, we're not going to be able to offer any bathroom facilities, so you, you have to stay in the car. Make sure that you use the restroom before you come to church, all right? So for one hour, you'll have to be able to stay in your car. But it's just going to be great to be able to get together and wave at each other, honk the horn a little bit, and uh, be able to get out of the house with the family. Now, look, if you're not uh, comfortable doing that or if you've got a lot of children and you're concerned they'll be climbing all over the seats, I encourage you to stay at home and watch the live stream that I pray will be working by then. So I'm sure we'll get it worked out. We've got some good people on it and uh, they're trying to do it even as we speak. And I'm just excited about us being able to uh, gather together in some form or another. So uh, make sure next week, uh, 10 o'clock, we'll be uh, starting. So you want to get here before that, they'll be out there to park you in the parking lot. And just another thing, I want to thank everyone for your faithfulness. Uh, so many of you have been faithful in giving and making sure that you're getting your tithes and offering in, and there's no way that I can express my thankfulness for that. It speaks so much of you and, and your heart and your commitment. And as a pastor, I'm just overjoyed to see what that that what me, giving means to you because uh, it it it's really shows and reflects the heart of God when Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive so thank you for that if you'd like to give today I encourage you to do that you can go on our church app and give there on the stripe you can go to our website at cccmurphy.com and give there 
Uh, or you can just do it the old-fashioned way and write a check to Christ Community Church and mail it uh, 473 West Harrison Road, Murfreesboro, Illinois, 62966. And look forward to hearing from you and thank you again for your faithfulness in giving. So everybody say Palm Sunday. It's, it's a special celebration. It commemorates the uh, victorious entrance or the triumphal entry of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit. Now, I'm going to need you to stay with me, and I, I, I had really hoped I'd been able to do this message in the sanctuary because I'd like to be able to move around a little bit, but I'm kind of locked down here, so you just bear with me. If I get out of screenshot for a second, I promise you I'll be right back into it. But I want to uh, share with you from the Word of God today, so if you would go with me to, we're going to be going to Genesis chapter 38 and verse 11. I'm going to be reading uh, that uh, verse of scripture from the New Living Translation. So this is Genesis chapter 38 and verse 11. I promise you I'm going to get to Palms, the Palm Sunday celebration, but you're going to have to make a journey with me, okay? So buckle in, hang on, and are you ready to go? Here we go. It says, then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, go back to your parents' home and remain a widow until my son Shelah is old enough to marry you. But Judah didn't really intend to do this because he was afraid that Shelah would also die like his two brothers. So Tamar went back to live in her father's home. Let's pray together, can we? Father, thank you for your word. We just ask, Lord, that you would anoint me today. God, let me be a conduit that you can flow through. I just ask that you let me decrease so you can increase. And I give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So the message I want to uh, leave with you today is the promise of the palm. Would you say that with me? The promise of the palm. Matter of fact, somebody can type that in and just put that up on the screen so I know you're with me. The promise of the palm. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Tamar's story. And to do that, we have to look at Judah and what was going on in his life. It, th this story is unique and it's important because you're following Jacob and his sons. And then it takes a, you know, and, and Joseph. And, and then all of a sudden there's, there's a break that comes in there. And it talks about this. And then you pick back up with Joseph and his brothers. But this is in scripture so you can get an idea of Judah's life. Well, why is it so important to know about Judah's life? They didn't do that with Reuben or, or with, you know, Asher or any of those guys. Why are we getting the snapshot? Because Judah, his, his tribe held a special and a unique place for not all of Israel, but also for us. Remember that this is the tribe that Jesus will come through. He's called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. In this snapshot, we get a picture of Judah's life and his family beginning. And this is important. So what happened is Judah went off and he married a Canaanite. Now what you have to understand about this is this is one of the reasons that I believe that God puts uh, Israel in Egypt to separate them from 
the rest of the world because Egypt was very separate. And, and so when they wind up in Egypt at the end of this, they're, they're put in their own community in the land of Goshen and they're there. And so they can, other than the, Egypt, the Egyptian influence, do you understand there was all kinds of influences in that region? And this is an example of one of them. He married a Canaanite. They, like Egypt, they worshiped false gods and idols. And that's who he chose to marry. And when he marries her, that he ends up having three boys. Their names are Ur, Onan, and Shelah. Shelah's the third born, Ur's the first, Onan the second, obviously. So as time passes and these boys grow up, Judah starts to look for a wife for his first son, Ur. And he finds a young lady by the name of Tamar. They marry and nothing else is said about this relationship except right after that, you read that Ur was, was evil in the sight of the Lord and that God took his life because he was wicked and he was evil. I want you to think about this a second. And I think sometimes we read this and we don't really consider what was going on. I mean, if, if he's so wicked that God takes his life, what do you think life was like for Tamar in that house? If he's, so, if he's such a wicked man that God removes him from the earth, what do you think life had to be like with living with him? And Tamar did that, and there's never any... The unique thing about this story is there's never any record of Tamar complaining or, or her pleading with God. It's just that she's there and she's hanging on. And, and so... Her, her husband is taken. He doesn't just die. God takes his life because he's so wicked. Then Judah comes in and he says to his second son, Onan, he said, look, you need to marry your brother's wife because this was the, the custom with Israel that if your brother died and his wife did not have children, then you had to marry her and have a child by her so that that child would represent your brother's seed and he would inherit his, uh, his brother's belongings and land. So he marries Tamar, but watch what happens here. I want you to pay close attention to this. He marries Tamar, he goes into her, has relationship, but the Bible said that he spilled his seed on the ground. Do you, and, and the scripture said that what he did, that God considered that evil and God took his life. Well, what did he do, Pastor Rick? He said to Tamar, I'm willing to use you and abuse you, but I am not going to build a fair his children. And here, all of that is just thrown out the window. And, and so, look, God's not after it. Sometimes people live their life like that for God. They, they're after a feel-good, ooh, I, I felt the presence of God, but then there's no relationship built. And so they may shout on Sunday and cuss you out on Monday. Look, I'm telling you that God wants a relationship with us. And that's what Tamar was after. All Tamar wanted was a relationship. And so now she, her second husband is dead because of what he did. Not what she did, but what he did. So Judah goes to her and Judah says to her, look, Tamar, you go back and stay in your father's house. And when my third son is old enough, then 
I'll call for you and you can marry him. But Judah wasn't telling the truth. Judah never intended to give Tamar to Sheila because he was afraid that that son would die too. In other words, Judah is blaming Tamar for what happened to his sons. But hear me, what happened to his sons had nothing to do with Tamar. What happened to his sons was brought on by their evil actions. We've got to be careful that when it comes to, you know, this is his family. And so, you know, well, we protect family and, and I believe that and, and we ought to, but never, never begin to dismiss evil or, or let wickedness pass and try and blame it off on something else. We all have to stand and fall before God. It's what cost Eli his son's lives because he wasn't correcting the evil. He, he wasn't doing anything about it. He just let it go on. And not only did his sons die, but he ended up dying. So time passes and Judah's wife dies. Years go by and Sheila's come to the age, well, he's past the age that he could marry, but he never, Judah never sends for Tamar. And so she sees what's going on and, and Judah's wife has died. So now Tamar disguises herself. She puts a veil over her face and she goes and she sits by the roadside where she knows that Judah will pass by. When he passes by, he thinks that she's a prostitute. And so he goes up and propositions her. Now, I want you to get this part. Tamar never said anything to Judah. When Judah came by, Tamar didn't say, hey, big boy, come over here. She never said a word. He approached her and he approached her to proposition her. And she looked at him and said, well, what are you going to give me? And he said, I'll give you a goat. And you have to understand that a goat back then, man, that was like payment. And so, you know, it could produce milk. It could produce cheese, you know. And so she said, well, what will you give me for a guarantee? And he said, well, what do you want? And he, she said, I want your signature cord. Your, it, it, was a, it was a little piece of metal that had an engraving in it, and it was usually like a design of some sort. And you took it, and you would take that, and you would put it in hot wax, and it would leave the, the imprint of that seal on it. Or you would put it in clay and it would leave the imprint of the seal. And it was like your signature. It was like you signing a document. So she said, give that to me and your staff. And he said, okay, I'll give it to you. Well, so he gives it. He goes in and he has a relationship with her. That Well, not really a relationship. He just has sex with her. And then he leaves. And when he leaves, he goes back home. Three months later, they report to Judah that Tamar is pregnant. And listen to what he says. Bring her out and so she can be burned. So they're getting ready to burn her alive. They bring her out, but he, she says, now wait a minute. And she sends to Judah and she says, I'm pregnant by the man that these items belong to. And it's his signature, his, his stamp, his seal, and his staff. And Judah said, well, she's more righteous than I am. And so he puts Tamar, he doesn't kill Tamar. He just puts her away and he never has relationship with her for the rest of his life. And she ends up giving birth to tw two twin boys. Now this is going to play 
of idle row, so I want you to think about that for a little bit later. So now what happens is Tamar, it seemed like she spent her whole life just looking for someone to love her, looking for a promise of love. Isn't there anybody out there that will care for me? She's been abused, she's been used, and she's been accused. Abused by her first husband, used by her second husband, and accused by Judah. You ever been there? You ever felt like you're abused, used, and accused? I'm telling you, there's a God that loves you and cares about you. It seems odd that she would be treated that way by the family that would be the ancestors of the Messiah. I mean, we know that Jesus wouldn't treat her that way. He's, and Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He would have never treated her that way. Now buckle up because this is where it gets really interesting. I love types and shadows because types and shadows, God, God gives you a glimpse or a silhouette of something that's going to reveal a truth about something else. And here we've got this lady Tamar that's been abused, used, and accused. And she's been abused, used, and accused by a direct ancestor of Christ. And so when you begin to look at what's going on, you understand that God's got a way of bringing things back together. God will never forget you. Watch this. Judah's third son is Shelah, right? But that's not who Jesus is connected to. Jesus doesn't come from Shelah. Jesus comes from Perez. That's the name of one of the sons that Tamar had. So God honors her in her search for relationship and love. It's going to be followed all the way down through the descendants until the Messiah would come through her, her, her genealogy, through her connection. Yes, it's Judah, but it's not a son that Judah had by that Canaanite wife. It's Tamar. It's this woman that was looking to be loved. So God honors her and her son is in the genealogy when you start studying it. Now that's not the only thing that happens. So God celebrates her even when she didn't feel celebrated. Even when she didn't feel loved, God was loving her and celebrating her. She just couldn't see it yet. And in the same token, Tamar would celebrate the arrival of Jesus. And you can say, what do you mean, Pastor? How, how did she do that? Well, today's Palm Sunday, right? Everybody say Palm Sunday. I've got some right here. See the palms? Today is Palm Sunday. We commemorate the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Let me read this scripture for you. John 12, verses 12 and 13. The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. So when he comes riding in on that foal, that donkey, they're, they're, they're waving palm branches at him and they're yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. 
You say, well, what's that got to do with Tamar? What's that got to do with her celebrating? Do you understand that through a type and shadow, Tamar is there? What do you mean? Tamar's name in Hebrew means palm tree. So there she is. <laughs> that type and shadow is waving at the one that would love her waving at the one that would make sure that her descendants were not forgotten. When everyone else had abused, used, and accused, he made sure that she would never be forgotten. And my friend, he'll make sure that you're not forgotten as well. Can you shout amen with me right now? He's going to take care of you. When others abuse you, he will not. When others use you, he will not. When others accuse you, my friend, he's reaching out his arms to pull you in right here, right now. Palm Sunday. What a celebration. When you feel unloved, remember Jesus loves you. There's a story of a preacher. His name was Tony Campello. And he had to, he was, he was scheduled to speak in Hawaii. And he flew into Hawaii. And when he got there, he was really hungry. He said, but he got there like at one o'clock in the morning and everything was closed down. And he was at his hotel, nothing to eat, and he got out, started walking around, and he found this little greasy spoon joint, and he went in there and ordered a burger and fries, and he thought, man, I just, he said the cook had grease all over him, you know, dirty white t-shirt on, and he thought, I, I'm just hungry, I need something to eat, and so he ordered a burger and some fries, and he's sitting there eating, and, and all of a sudden, the door opens up, and two prostitutes come walking in, and they sit down at a booth, and Tony begins to hear the conversation. They, they're talking chit-chat for a while, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, we'll call her name Mary. Mary speaks over to Betty and, and says, Hey, Betty, did you know that tomorrow's my birthday? Betty looks at her and said, What? She said, Tomorrow's my birthday. And Betty said, So what? Big deal. What do you want me to do? Bake you a cake? It's your birthday. Have one every year. What's the big deal? And Mary, man, is just taken back, and she just kind of ducks her head, and she said, it's no big deal. I, I was just saying it's my birthday. I didn't mean anything by it, and she got up and walked out. And Tony sat there, and he thought about that young lady and how whipped she looked and how defeated she must have felt. And he looked over at the cook, and he said, hey, did, does she come in here every night? And the cook said, yeah, why? He said, does she come in this time every night? And he said, yeah, right around this time, why? He said, what do you say we throw her a birthday party? Man, his face lit up. The other girl, Betty, she got excited. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. And, and the you know, the, the cook said, I'll bake a cake. And Tony said, no, 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 no. I want to buy one. I want to buy one. Let me bring one in. Let me buy one. Because he thought, man, I don't want something coming out of this greasy spoon. And so now think about this. He's scheduled to preach that next night. So he goes to the service and he's preaching. But he, in the back of his mind, he keeps thinking. He's so excited about this birthday. He had this beautiful birthday cake made. And it said, Happy birthday, Mary, and had roses all over it, and, and, and they got put candles on it. And, and so he, he's thinking about this. He finally gets through the service, and he runs back to the hotel, and he gets ready, and he goes over to the diner. They decorate the place. They've got balloons hanging up and streamers hanging up. He bought one of those 
you know, streamers that say happy birthday. And so they're waiting. And sure enough, like clockwork, Mary comes in. And when she comes in, they yell, happy birthday, Mary. And they all started singing happy birthday to her. And they lit candles on the cake. And, and she's just shaking, man. She's just standing there, her mouth open, her eyes wide. And she's trembling. And he said, come on, now blow out your candles. And she blows the candles out. And they, she, he says, now here, gives her a knife. said, cut the cake, cut the cake. And she said, no, 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 don't, I, don't cut the cake. He said, what? She said, please don't, don't cut the cake. And he said, but we got to eat the cake. She said, please. And tears just started streaming down her cheek. She said, I've never had a birthday party before. And I don't want to cut this cake. I, I just want to look at it for a while. Please, I, I don't want to cut the cake. And they said, well, you don't have to cut the cake, Mary, if you don't want to. And she picked the cake up and she held it like it was precious cargo. She walked out of those doors, and as she walked out of those doors, the cook and Betty and Tony are standing there, and they're looking at each other. And the cook shakes his head, and he turns around, and he looks at Tony and said, Wow, man, that was really something special. He said, What do you do for a living? And Tony smiled, and he looked at me and said, Well, uh, I'm a preacher. And he said, what? He said, I, I pastor a church. And he, she, he said, no, you're not. He said, you, you're no preacher. You're no pastor. He said, yes, I am. He said, I, I'm a preacher. I pastor a church. And he said, no, you can't be. He said, let me tell you something. He said, I'd go to a church where they throw a birthday party for a prostitute. Wow. God doesn't forget you. God remembers and he remembers prostitutes. He said, well, what do you mean a birthday party for a prostitute? Let me remind you of a story, actually history, it's his story about Jesus. They bring a woman that was caught in the act of adultery and they throw her down at his feet in the middle of the street, stones in their hands and they're ready to take her life. They looked at him and with self-righteousness, all over them, they said, the law of Moses says stoner, what do you say? Jesus just stooped down and he started writing in the sand. Everyone kept expecting those stones to start flying, especially the prostitute. But he got up and he looked and he said, you who have no sin, you cast the first stone. They walked away. They dropped those rocks one by one. And she was left alone. And the only person there that day that didn't have sin is the one that gave her a brand new lease on life. He looked at her and he said, woman, where are your accusers? She said, Lord, I... She looked around and she said, I, I have none. He said, well, I'm not going to condemn you either. She was at the point of death and he gave her life. He took her by the hand and he said, now you go and sin no more. Her very first birthday, <laughs> very first day of a brand new life. Jesus will throw a birthday party for a prostitute and he'll throw one for you and me as well. Oh, our sins may be different, but we've all been there, haven't we? Hey, think about 
how much he loves us. And he made us a promise. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And I'll go with you to the ends of the world. Why don't you just let Jesus celebrate your life with his love? Second Peter 3 and 9 it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. He's not slack concerning his promises. The promise of the palm. There was a young lady there that day. Her name was Tamar. It meant palm tree. They used her, they abused her, and they accused her. But Jesus didn't forget her. And he went with her. Do you understand if it hadn't been for God making her connect to Christ through the genealogy, we'd have no record of this woman. She would have died in obscurity, childless, feeling love, feeling that she'd never been loved. But God reached out his hands through all those eons of time and brought the Old Testament and the New Testament together because he's not slack concerning his promises. He remembers. He remembers you today. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is you're facing, you've got some promises. You know, his word is filled with them. Why don't you get a promise book out today and read some of those promises? Why don't you claim them and why don't you just start waving some palm leaves and celebrate his arrival into Jerusalem? Celebrate his arrival into your heart because after all, he has celebrated ours into a brand new life. I wanna pray for you today. Look, if you're watching and you don't know him, you've never said yes to Jesus, don't put it off anymore. Let today be the first day of the rest of your life. Let tomorrow's disappointment just fade with the day. Let all the abuse and being misused and all the accusations, let them fall into a sea of forgetfulness. Just throw them away. That's not who you are. You're not who people have accused you of being or or what they've said about you, my friend, you are who he said you are, his child, his son, his daughter. I want to pray with you right now. Would you pray this prayer with me? He did the work. Next week, we're celebrating Easter. This Friday, they call it Good Friday, but it didn't seem good at the time, did it? Uh, his death and was a horrific sight. But he, he said in advance, he said, no, my, nobody takes my life. I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to pick it back up. This promise I've received of my father. And because he knows that the promises of God are yea and amen, we can know that too through him because we've been made a joint heir with Christ. Pray this prayer with me right now. Would you, Father, I ask you into my heart. I'm tired of yesterday. I'm tired of where I'm at, God. I want a brand new today. I, and I choose to have it right now, right here. I repent of my sin and I ask you to forgive me. 
I turned my back on yesterday's disappointments and failures. And I turned my face towards you and I declare your promise over my life. And it's not your will that any should perish but have everlasting life. I say yes today. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I praise you for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, have you prayed that prayer? You know, angels are rejoicing in heaven right now. They're so excited that you've said yes. They may be waving some palm branches of their own, celebrating your triumphal entry into the kingdom. Well, look, we still haven't made it there yet, have we? But we're on the journey of a lifetime, and I'm, I'm so glad that that journey is with Christ. We love you guys, praying for you. Look, if you're sick or, or, or not well, just stretch your hand out right now, and, and let's pray for you, can we? Father, I just pray healing in Jesus' name. God, let the power of your spirit move right where they're at. Father, I declare your word that you sent your word to heal us of all our disease. God, that you've declared that no sickness or disease will come close to our dwelling. I thank you, Father, because your stripes, Father, the stripes that were placed on the back of Jesus, your son, Lord, have purchased our healing. We lay claim to it now. We speak healing and health over them in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you guys. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow night. We'll be on again. Look for the post. We'll be on between five and six. Don't forget next week, we've got our Easter service going on. Praise and worship in the parking lot. Stay in your car. Don't get out of your car, but we're going to park you. Look forward to seeing you all. We love you so much. Until then, know that you're blessed going in and coming out, that you're the head and not the tail, that you're above and not beneath. And may God cause his face to shine upon you in Jesus' name. Bye-bye.